Guys, what's going on? Welcome back. It's Jordan Kalish. Thanks for tuning in, as always, to the Stay Shifters podcast, man. There's some fire episodes rolling out here, and I'm just super excited to share them with you guys, man. I look around at some of the conversations I'm having with people, and it's really, we're in an exciting time. I know it's hard to to see that with all the uncertainty and turbulence that's going on around the world, but I truly believe we're in such an exciting time to go through such rapid growth and expansion and to be alive during this is just a real blessing to witness this and if you're tuning into this type of content you're a part of that growth you're a part of that evolution so it's my purpose to continue to support you along your evolution by bringing on to this podcast guests who are going to support you in receiving the ideas the insights the breakthroughs to help you integrate and navigate the challenges that are coming through thick and fast and one of the biggest challenges that I've personally faced and I know all of us face is navigating relationships and navigating the the uncertainty and turbulence that often surfaces within our closest, most intimate relationships. And my good friend Jennifer Mansell has joined me on the podcast to discuss how to see relationships as the ultimate tools to grow ourselves spiritually, emotionally, and ultimately come together and grow and support our loved ones within these containers of growth. So Jen is amazing. She's a breathwork facilitator based in Toronto. She's been on the podcast before. If you haven't listened to that episode, it will be in the show notes. So be sure to check that one out. It was a fantastic conversation just before I left Canada. Uh, but now I'm back in Australia. She's still in Toronto. Be sure to share this one with a friend or anyone who you think would value and in, in, in getting access to this information. It was so insightful. And be sure to leave a rating, a rating and review on, on iTunes. Uh, that would be very helpful. But without further ado, enjoy this episode, guys. Take care and we'll be in touch. Welcome to the State Shifters Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul. Jennifer Mansell, welcome back to the State Shifters podcast, mate. How you doing? Hey, so good. So good. So happy to be here. Yeah, yeah well, it's our second installment together because we, we did a podcast just before I shot off back to Australia. So this is our first Zoom recorded session, but second podcast. And I've been really excited to get you back on because we, we always have such really deep and meaningful conversations together. And I feel like it it's, it's only right to be able to share this with the world so other people can listen on this stuff because I get so much value from them. I know other people will as well. But how are you, how are you going? How are things in Toronto? How is, uh, how's things in your world? Yeah, things are well. It's finally summer. You know, we have like such a short period of summer here. So everybody is out and like going for it, which is great. And uh, yeah, I'm well. It's, it's been, you know, it's been an intense few weeks with everything that's happening in the world. I think everybody is, has a lot on their minds and their hearts and including me. And so I've been, you know, just taking some reflection time and uh, just doing some more inner work. And other than that, it's life is present and, and, uh, and there's lots of just joy. Yeah. Mm, good. I like it. Yeah. I feel yeah. you. I second that. Uh, mm-hmm. 
certainly in a time there's a lot of uncertainty going down, there's a lot of uh, shifts and changings for people on an individual and a collective level, which is why, again, you're, you're the perfect person for us to be having this kind of conversation because you work with people at you know, a really deep uh, inner level to manage and cope and, uh, and process a lot of the shifts that are going on in our lives emotionally, you know, um, physically, spiritually. But today we've set the intention that we're going to focus specifically on relationships and how people can start to use relationships as a way to process their own, you know, their inner journey, but at the same time, how we can sort of approach relationships, maybe from a, from a different lens and maybe share some perspectives in which people, you know, maybe overlook when it comes to relationships. And we're just chatting offline how men, you know, sometimes overlook relationships, you know, me included. I've done that in the past for sure. We overlook the potential that lies in relationships to learn and grow in ourselves. So when it comes to relationships, I mean, you've been coaching hundreds of people now. Is it something that comes up a, a lot for you? Like in terms of the coaching that you're giving, is it a topic that comes up pretty frequently almost all the time? I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so long as you're a human existing and uh, are out in the world, you're, you're dealing with your stuff around relationships. So it is really interesting. As I was saying to you before, it's like, I work with a lot of men and they come to me and they're like, you know, I really want to go to the next level in my career. And I really want to like grow in my, you know, the impact I'm making and the contribution to the world. And then like, slowly we sneak into like relationship territory, you know, you get to like the second or third session and it's like, oh yeah, actually there's also a ton of stuff happening in their relationship and, and that part of their life, which I think maybe for both men and women, I don't know. But one thing that I have definitely learned over the past sort of decade has been the power specifically of romantic relationships to catalyze growth. Because, you know, if this is the person that you're, I mean, in most cases, spending the most time with or are most intimately intertwined, that is a place where your stuff around closeness, intimacy, attachment, honoring your own needs, that's exactly where it's all going to come up. And we're very quick to kind of go into blame and judgment and all of that. So it's actually like a beautiful container for your growth. And especially if you and your partner are in a place where you're choosing to do that growing together, which is what I call a conscious relationship, a relationship where both parties are in acceptance that their relationship is a container for their growth. There's a lot of potential there for you to shift in who you are, not just who you are in romantic relationships. It's just that the relationship will show you the places in yourself that you're maybe not willing to look at or you haven't looked at. Mm -hmm. It will push you to your edge and beyond. <laughs> and then when you're able to, you know, have this container of love to come back to, when those things come up to the surface, that's when you can really like transform who you are and really heal. 100%. Yeah, I can second that for sure. Like I feel my relationship over the last six months has really allowed me to experience like a lot of inner growth. And you know, it's through conversations with you where you've helped me see some of that, see a lot of the growth that's often concealed in these 
big breakdowns. And like, I feel like it's inevitable in a relationship is you're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have times when you clash. And a lot of people often you know, go through phases in their relationship where at least they call it the honeymoon phase where like you're together and everything's good and everything's amazing. And often enough, there is a point in time in the relationship where you see the other person's flaws or blocks or you know, mm-hmm. the stuff that's beneath the surface will start to come up. And it's usually during these times where people will either, you know, think it's the wrong person, think the timing's not right, or, you know, start to start to look elsewhere. And I see this a lot come up in conversations I have with people, people going through different levels of breakdowns. And I guess I can speak for myself. One of the biggest breakdowns that, that would come up in my relationship is not communicating not just not communicating effectively altogether, not communicating my needs. And uh, as a man, I feel like we men are particularly challenged when it comes to communicating our emotions and needs. And I feel like sometimes the women can think it's their fault or it's the man's fault for not like speaking up and communicating. I'm just wondering when it comes to communication, because I know that probably is the main, the main thing that affects relationships, lack of communication. Do you notice any correlations coming up where men are saying the same thing, women are saying the same thing, and maybe how we can start to rectify this this issue with communication in relationships? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, communicating your needs starts with, starts with you having a relationship with yourself where you know what your needs are, right? A lot of people suck at communicating their needs because they don't actually have enough of a connection with themselves to know what they actually need, right? It takes a lot of self-awareness, a lot of self-awareness and connection to yourself to be able to say, you know what? I think I need some space right now. And then to go and communicate it to your partner in a loving way is like, that's like a, that takes a lot. Mm. It takes a lot. So I think the first step of that communication is a communication with yourself. How do you get better at like recognizing? And, and what I want to say is you may not know the exact needs you have, right? So I'll give you an example. Last weekend, I was with my partner. We were supposed to have like the morning together. We were going to meditate and all this stuff. And he gets on his computer and he is on his computer for like 45 minutes. And I'm sitting there kind of like waiting for him to come around. And in that moment, I can identify that like something's up with me. Like I'm feeling upset, you know? So I took myself into the washroom. I had a little cry and, and I finally was like, oh yeah, like I, I'm upset because I, I want to feel connected to him and close. This is the only time we have together this week, you know? And so I was able, cause I checked in with myself to be like, I didn't know in that moment exactly what my need was, but I was like, oh yeah, I, I want him to pay attention to me. I want to feel connected. Mm. And so then I was able to go back out and I was like, maybe in not the most eloquent way, you know, I was like upset. So I was like, I feel like maybe you don't care about me. But I was able to communicate to him, like not in a a judging, blaming way, but in a like, hey, I'm hurt here because I want to connect with you. And you said we were going to, and now 
you're doing something else. And he was, you know, he was like, I'm sorry. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I feel bad, you know? And then we were able to move, move forward. I want to point out the, the key, the key factor there that you used when you went into the communication part, you communicated from a place of truth, which was there was a need that wasn't being met. And you said yeah. this, what you actually wanted was just to feel connected, to feel like yeah. to have time together. Yeah. The breakdown usually happens. Nine times more, out of 10, yeah. we either want, we want more connection or we want more space. Mm. So time. I often yeah. get people to ask themselves that, what do you need right now? Do you need to be closer or do you need to be farther away? Hmm. So sorry. Yeah. It I, simplifies I it big time. Yeah. yeah. But then the breakdowns happen when people go, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. We want connection and love, but it's the way it gets communicated from the tone of what the fuck are you on your laptop? We were meant to be hanging out. Like what's, what's your problem? What are you doing? And the yeah. other person receives it in a way that's like attacking that, like, Hey, you're like smothering me or like you, you know, you've been clingy. You know what I mean? So it's sort of the, the, the way in which it's communicated, which is, is so key. And yeah. getting to that, like, like you said, the self-awareness piece to get to the next level, to get underneath where the mental resistance or the labeling or the judging is coming from to identify that there's an emotional need down here that yeah. when I communicate from that place, it gets received in a completely different way. That's totally, that's key. Yeah. Because yeah. Really most key. of us, most of us instead launch into like, well, I'll, I'll tell you what past gen would have done. Okay. So past gen either would have been like, F this guy, mm. screw him. I'm going to go do my own thing and would have like, you know, packed up her bags and, and done all this dramatic stuff and gone off and like, I'm going to go for a run since we're not doing our thing or, you know, would have done that or would have launched into like, you always do this. Every time, every time we go to hang out, every time we have close time, you, you know, launching into the future and the past of like blaming him for all the times he's ever maybe slightly ignored me. And, and we make things into like mega drama, <laughs> mega drama and nothing, nothing gets resolved on this level of like, um, thoughts and blame and ego and all of that. Exactly. Like you said, when you dig in underneath, even though I came out of the bathroom as like a blubbering crying mess being like, I don't know if you care about me, you know, like it's still, like you said, it's received because it's, it's coming from a place of truth. It's that's my truth in that moment. And I'm not making it about him. I'm just having my feelings. Which that, for the record, that takes a lot of practice. That has taken me like three years in this relationship to, to be able to say, I'm noticing I'm feeling upset and to take the self-responsibility of removing myself from the situation so that I can actually feel what's going on to come back to it. Yeah. Uh, I want to share an example of something that, you know, how I experienced this and how I implemented it in my life because people who have like listened to my podcast and follow my content know, you know, I, I spent some time in Bali a few months ago before this lockdown thing happened. And that, that time in Bali gave me a lot of lessons because it was the first time that I'd like traveled and worked at the same time, you know, sort of in one place. And the first time I'd ever had my girlfriend alongside with me. And here I was like, sort of like half on holiday, half not, half working, half not, half hanging out with her and half not. 
And there was mm. this real challenge that I hit where my communication broke down. And there was times where I wanted to be working and I was with her. And there was times when I was, you know, working and want to be with her. And there was a lack of presence when I was with her. I didn't have as much fun in the times where I should have been having fun. We hit up against a lot of resistance in our relationship during, during that time. But ultimately, it allowed me to learn this lesson of how important that is, the need, communicating those needs. So I, I really think like, you know, in the midst of like sometimes the, the biggest challenges in our relationship, we learn the greatest individual lessons that ultimately help us grow and then grow together, which is where I'm like so amazed at how much we've grown together after going through such, you know, such challenges in that period of time. So I feel when it comes to people who are saying maybe have already gone through a breakup, maybe, mm. maybe perhaps they're looking back thinking, fuck, I wish I had known this when I was in my last relationship or previous marriage or whatever. Is there still an opportunity for people to perhaps look back now, if they're listening to this kind of content, look back and go, Oh, okay. This is where things were breaking down. This is something that I wasn't doing enough of. Have you ever, how would you invite someone to start to do that process? Look back and start to learn and take lessons from past relationships. Yeah, of course. I mean, we always have patterns. We have patterns that we repeat and live out and you can look back in your relationships and see, you know, and a lot of it is around, yeah, how do you go about getting your needs met? So back history here, okay? When we are children, we are dependent on our parents to meet our needs, right? We can't feed ourselves. We can't use the washroom ourselves. Like we are dependent on our parents. So they fulfill our needs, especially when you are a baby in your mother's womb, all of your needs are taken care of, okay? So we go from having all of our needs taken care of, and then as we get older, it becomes more of our responsibility over time to take care of our own needs, right? So when you're single, and most people would, you know, identify with this, you get pretty good at meeting your own needs, you know, you're like making your food, go to the gym, like whatever. When we then get into relationship, all of a sudden, after time, like you said, after we go through the honeymoon phase, then we start this period of time we call the power struggle. So because this lovely person is meeting so many of your needs, the child part of you comes out, we'll say, because they feel safe. In the relationship and then the child starts to try and get its needs met now this is if you haven't done enough work on yourself to really be good at taking care of your own needs right which is most of us because we're all you know projects and progress so you get into this power struggle stage of your relationship and all of a sudden you're like well this person should take care of my needs because we project onto our partner, we basically make them into our parent. This is like every guy's nightmare, right? Like I do not want to date my mom, (laughs) like, or whatever. So we make our partner into our parents and then we start saying, well, you need to take, you know, I imagine, I always imagine that there's like an adult and there's a child. Every person's got an adult and a child. So it's like, well, you need to take care of little Jen's needs. You need to make sure she's okay. 
You need to ask her questions and get to know her and give her space to express herself. You need to do all this stuff, right? And we learn this very young. The only way the child can get its needs met because it's not able to identify what its need is always, right? Like a child, imagine what does a baby do when it's hungry? It cries. It's not like, hey, mom, I'm hungry. Could you like feed me now? You know? So the child part of us manipulates to get its needs met in some ways, right? It sends mixed messages about how to get its needs met. So as we grow into adulthood, we still play out these patterns. We play out these patterns of people pleasing. Well, if I just do all this stuff for this person, if I just, if I just accommodate him and play by his schedule and like play it really cool, then he's going to love me. Then he's going to take care of my needs, you know? Oh, if I just pretend like, you know, pretend like I'm into this thing or that thing or, or whatever it is, there's a lot of accommodating that we do to kind of like, you know, we do what we think the other person wants us to do to get our needs met. So this is a long winded way to say in looking back at your past relationships, you can likely identify the ways that you have maybe indirectly attempted to get your needs met. So maybe you pull away from your partner, you pull your energy away, you play this game where it's like, no, like you can come find me, I'm upset. Hmm. Like withdrawal is a really Mm -hmm. big one, right? Sometimes people can be more like smothering and in your face of like, eh, like I feel insecure, I'm jealous, I'm whatever. Those are patterns of like trying to get your needs met, trying to get your need for trust and safety and security met. Patterns that we would have repeated out as kids around our parents, say. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So yeah. if you can go all the way back, like look at your two parents. What did you have to do to get daddy's love? What did you have to do to get mommy's love? Who did you have to be? How did you have to be? And what did you have to do? Right? So maybe you had to get really good grades. Maybe you had to be quiet all the time. That was my thing. It was like, I needed to be quiet and not loud and not annoying. And I needed, and, and that's what I had to be to get daddy's love. Right. To get mommy's love. I had to be a resource for her to, like she needed to lean on me emotionally. So I became this like therapist for my mother when I was a child, Mm. you know? So yeah, like over the course of our lifetime, we just repeat those same patterns out with partners. And those patterns are usually not super helpful. They usually are an indirect way of trying to get our needs met where we could just say, instead of like trying to please my partner to get what I want, I could just come out of the washroom and say like, I feel like you don't care. And I really want to feel close and connect right now. Hmm. Instead of me packing up my bags, putting them in the car, going off on my own, withdrawing my energy, creating all this drama and then not getting my needs met because I inherently push my partner even farther away. 
So we have to upgrade the way that we are relating to people. The way that we're relating to people, we learn very early on in our lives with our parents. And then we just repeat it out over and over and over. Great point. Well said. And the patterns that we pick up from our parents become very noticeable patterns when mm. things start to surface, such as someone gets cheated on in a relationship. This, this happens so, so frequently. I know you have conversations about this as well. The amount of people I'm having conversations with who are saying they've been cheated on in the past, they're currently getting cheated on, or their parents, one of the parents cheated on each other at some point while they're growing up. So yeah. clear pattern between either one of the parent not having a need that's not being met and then going elsewhere to, to get that need met. And then the child noticing how that exchange in the relationship was happening and picked up either the mum's pattern where need wasn't being met, ended up being too smothering, father goes elsewhere, or the son, or could be the daughter as well, picks up the, the cheating parent's pattern, which is feels like it's too smothered, goes elsewhere to get needs met because doesn't know how to communicate. This pattern, say someone's being cheated on, say someone has been cheated on in the past, maybe they're getting cheated on right now, and they're listening to this and they go, damn, yep, I have a tendency to not communicate my need and I've been cheated on in the past for this reason, or perhaps maybe mm. the mom's been cheated on for this reason. What's something they can start doing, right? Like, you know, straight away to start to hopefully nip this in the bud before it results in, you know, another relationship breakdown where they get cheated on and heartbroken again. Mm. And the pattern, you know, cutting the pattern, like breaking it, yeah. you know, yeah, I think you're dead on that it is interconnected. I think sometimes the things that happen to us when we're young are, it's like our mind is trying to recreate the same thing so that we can heal it, right? So I fully believe that the psyche is trying to heal itself and that it is invested in bringing these fragmented parts of ourselves, the parts that have been hurt, heartbroken, abandoned, whatever, back into the wholeness of our being. And so, you know, for somebody who has experienced being cheated on multiple times, it's, yeah, it's like, what is here for you? How do you feel about this? And where is this feeling familiar for you? If you close your eyes and you think about being cheated on in your relationship, yeah, what feelings come up for you? And my guess is if you go back in your history, you're going to notice there were moments where you felt the same thing. So maybe, maybe mom left or dad left. And maybe it wasn't necessarily about cheating, but maybe something happened and you felt this deep heartbreak of like someone betrayed you and someone cast you off and dismissed you and pushed you away. And so you have a beautiful opportunity to, to heal and to look at the ways that you have enabled that and to take self-responsibility for your contribution. I'm not saying that anyone 
you know, asks to be cheated on or wants to be cheated on, but is there a way in which you can take ownership and self-responsibility for your part of the pattern, for your part in the dynamic, which like you said, is maybe not speaking up and speaking clearly about your needs and, and making that open and honest in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of like a generational um, patterns now are starting to be broken here, you know, through mm. people waking up to this realization around some of the stuff we're talking about and the previous generation, you know, our parents' generation, you know, there's a lot of lack of, of emotional awareness there. Right. And then through family upbringings, there's a lot of emotional abandonment that results in that. And the more I start to like do, do my own process, I can see emotional abandonment was there for me as well. And I was like, Oh, I never got abandoned as a kid. My parents didn't cheat on me, but no, there was, there was emotional abandonment there in other ways. There were certain mm. needs that my parents didn't realize weren't being met for me and therefore weren't able to give them to me. And as a kid, yeah. I'm not able to communicate that. So yeah. it results in different patterns surfacing may not be cheating, but certainly is a different pattern that surfaces for me, which is around the lack of communication of space. That's my pattern. I struggle sometimes communicating that. So for other people, like you, you mentioned some of them pulling away, you know, not being able to ask for space, the clinging pattern. I don't know. Is there a word for that? Like smothering. Yeah. A lot of this stuff relates to psychology as well and attachment theory yeah. and, and things like that. But can you identify what some of those main patterns are or some patterns that people should be looking out for when it comes to, you know, not communicating needs effectively? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I think what you said there around, yeah, attachment is important because we're always in this like dance with our partner, right? Of trying to like negotiate our needs. And I think like the belief around conscious relationship, meaning that we're both mutually committed to our, our relationship as a crucible or as a container for growth and healing. Within conscious relationship, it's believed that you take care of your needs first and then you communicate to your partner what needs you have and that you have a vested interest in wanting to meet your partner's needs. Okay. So when we are really young, um, because of this dependency, okay, that we have on our parents, we need, we need our parents. We need their love to survive. We need their touch to survive. We need, we need them there, right? So if they are not there, we experience that as emotional neglect, a neglect of our needs, right? Mm. Even if it's not intentional on their part, which a lot of times it's not. It's just their own stuff coming to play. So attachment theory kind of talks about when you're young and you're in this dependent relationship on your parent, depending on the parent and how they're showing up, this is not every parent. Some parents are, you know, did a great job and the child felt secure in the relationship with the parent. But oftentimes what can happen is either the parent is a little too smothering, a little too controlling, doesn't want to let the child do you know, this or that or the other thing doesn't really give the child a sense of independence. So, you know, 
there's like two ways, right? So imagine a parent with the child at the park, okay? Little Johnny wants to go climb this tree. There's a type of parent that would be, you know, be able to negotiate that really perfectly and help the kid feel safe, but also give him a sense of autonomy, right? Then there are two other types of parent. There's like the, you know, parent that is like, no, little Johnny, you're not going to climb that tree. You know, I'm too afraid that you'll hurt yourself. You can't. I know there's all those other kids doing it, but like, no, you need to stay here with me. There's like a sense of control and a sense of fear there, right? Yeah. And little Johnny just wants like his independence, right? And then there's the parent that's like not paying any attention. And it's just like, yeah, cool, go do whatever, you know? And the kid is like, look at me, look at me. Hey, I'm over here. Like, do you see me? Do you see me? Mm. So depending on, you know, how you experience your relationship with your parent, know that it's not necessarily that the parent did anything wrong. It's just how did you interpret your relationship with them? Then you can have tendencies or patterns of avoidance right? Little Johnny might start to, if his mom's super controlling, he might start to avoid her so that he can have independence, right? And the other little Johnny who's on the tree saying, mom, 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 he might start feeling more anxious because he's like, I don't know if my parent is paying attention to me. I don't know if they're here or if they're going to forget about me or not. And so it is often in those places that we start to create these like patterns of how we show up in relationships. And so typically people tend to, unless you are a secure individual, which I would say most of us have a touch of either of these attachment styles going on. Yeah. Know that you don't have to be like abandoned and left by your parent to experience one of these. It's oftentimes a feeling of emotional neglect and abandonment, which can come from, for the record, even one memory where your parent left you at the park, or maybe your parent didn't even leave you. They were just going to the car and you experienced it as being left. That can have an impact. So most people either tend to be more on the anxious end. So they have patterns where they're trying to, they're trying to get closer. They always want to be closer. They don't, they don't want there to be distance between you. And there's a lot of different ways to try and get that, right? Like, oh, I'll just do nice things for the person or, oh, I'll just please them or, oh, I'll, you know, ask a lot of questions or like just anything that that person is just like trying to get closer, trying to get their needs met. And this often shows up as like a feeling of like anxiousness in relationships of like wondering, like, do they like me? Do they not? Are they going to do this? Are they not? Like they have a preoccupation always with like, what's the other person doing? Is the other person going to meet me or not? Right. The avoidant Johnny who's like trying to seek his independence is going to, you know, as the relationship gets closer, is going to want to like push away and create more space. And so if you're not asking for that directly, that can look like, there's a lot of different things that avoidant people do. I tend to be more avoidant. So I know a little bit more about that than even being anxious, but we withdraw, we sometimes create fights to create space and Mm. distance. 
you know? So sometimes you can be getting closer, 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 and then we do like a pushing away yeah. thing. Sometimes we focus our attention on past relationships and how much better they were. Anything that's just distracting you mm. from... Well, the big one is, is the overworking, isn't it? That's, that's the big one. Yeah. yeah. Anything that creates space. You know, the anxious mm. partner is like anything that's trying to get closer and the avoidant is like anything that's trying to get farther away. So we both have strategies, right? We have strategies of getting what we need. And this goes back to what I talked to you before about, which is like, do you need more connection or do you need more autonomy? Mm. And often this is what we are fighting for in relationship. We're either fighting for more closeness, more intimacy, more emotional connection, being heard, being seen, being supported, or we're fighting for having more space, more time alone, more of our own opinion in the relationship. This is so clear. This is so clear. Again, I love hearing about you talk about this because it just it clicks in my mind. When yeah. it clicks in your mind, that's when you can, for me, Joe Dispenza talks about this. It goes from knowledge, like the awareness to the mm-hmm. doing. In this case, it's the communicating. It's actually implementing this knowledge. Then it turns yeah. into knowing. So it goes from like thinking to doing to knowing. And mm. the thinking part is so important. Like again, communicating the psychology around it or, or what, it, however it gets communicated. But once you understand it, then it's like, Oh, okay. I get it now. I just need to communicate my needs. Right. Once that gets done all of a sudden that there, there becomes like this new space that gets created in the relationship where something new is able to happen. Like yeah. something new is able to flourish and the other partner, the other person in the relationship then has space to, to experience something new within themselves. Don't you reckon that's key? That's a big yeah. one. Like because yeah. everyone's trying to caught up, trying to fix the other person, fix the mm. relationship. We've got to fix the other person. Well, we fix ourselves. We gain this knowledge of communicating what we need. All of a sudden, the partner, the, the other person, then gets some space that they didn't have before, or then sees something new or different. There's a different energy exchange, and that can be the catalyst to support the other person in their own their own individual journey. Totally. Without, yeah, without having to push it onto them, you know. And I think like there's nothing in my mind, there's nothing better than my partner communicating his need to me directly because then I get the satisfaction of like, oh yeah, like I can make that happen. And then also it sets me free to take care of my own needs, right? This morning, my partner's like, hey, like I need some space before I do work stuff. Can you make sure that you leave? I was at his house can you leave at seven? Cause I need my space to do my stuff, to get grounded. And I was like, yeah, amazing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, this is great. Cause now I have all this time for me to do my own stuff. So it's actually like, it is a win-win, you know? And, and I want to say like, that doesn't mean that him saying this is my need, that there isn't also a negotiation, you know? I can also be like, yes, I can leave at seven, but would you be willing to get my car for me? And da, 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 you know, like there can be a, a dance there too. It's not just like whatever your partner needs, you are going to meet that need. Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I, I must admit I'm in a very interesting situation right now with where I'm at in, in my relationship, given the fact that this lockdown period has resulted in me being at home with my family longer than expected. It's resulted in my girlfriend being here at home with my family a lot longer than we 
we previously planned. So I've got this like battle of communicating needs and old patterns with my parents coming up and relationship. And it's again, initially like I catch my mind at times going, this is fuck this. I'm, I'm just going to move out. I'm just going to get another place. I'll fly back to Canada, you know, whatever. Like my mind, when the minute things get tough, my mind is like wants to bail. Like get me out. screw this. Yeah. I'm over this. Yeah. Why am I doing this? But then again, the minute I ask a more empowering question is the minute I get to shift this from like, why is this happening to me to, oh, this is happening for me. So I can learn more about myself and learn more how to be a better partner, be a better son. So yeah, I I say that because I'm sure people are in shitty situations as well that they didn't plan for that. Maybe they feel stuck in, but the minute we can sort of get this knowledge and get this awareness and then see life as just giving us more challenges, more tests so we can learn these deeper lessons. Mm -hmm. We just ultimately show up better for everyone, not just our partners, but for everyone. Um, And relationships just happen to be the the mirror that reflect that back to us, the strongest, right? Um, One of the things I wanted to mention, Jen, because just before time goes so quick when we chat, but I wanted to mention that before, before we wrap things up, the one of the signals or one of the signs that, needs aren't being communicated and, and met in a relationship i say this because i noticed it a few times in my relationship and it, and it scared me a little bit and it's resentment and mm. resentment is a big one because if resentment it starts off as like little uh, resentment something that grows you know what i mean it's sort of like this weed that just grows and if, it, if you don't communicate it's sort of like it just grows and grows and grows and ultimately you just wind up in this like coexistent relationship where you just resent each other but you just put up with each other because you're too afraid to break up um, and are there any other signals that I'm missing that might be a sign of unmet needs or not communicating properly? And if someone is experiencing resentment building or has been built, what are some ways that we can start to chop down some of these weeds? Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said that. Yeah. I think resentment is like a longer term. It's like when you've been in, you haven't had your needs met for a while, you start to get really resentful of the other person. And I think there's a few things there that are helpful. It's like getting clear on like really, really looking at yourself and saying like, okay, what am I feeling resentful? Everyone can do this. You can sit down today. And and for the record, we all have our own places where we feel resentful and maybe it's in different levels, right? There are still places in my relationship where there are touches of resentment. There's little like feeling inside. Mm. And I think that's okay. But we get to look at the places where you're holding resentment. Ask yourself, what need do I have underneath the resentment, right? Because sometimes the resentment doesn't let us get to what we actually want, right? So this is like foggy, irky clouds or like weeds, like you said. So yeah, looking at what am I resentful about? Maybe you're resentful about like money, right? I'm resentful about, about money. What's deeper under that? What's your need? Maybe you have a need to feel safe or a need to feel secure or whatever. Then is there a way in this moment that I can make sure I'm meeting this need with myself, right? To lessen the resentment. Because sometimes we're just like, here, like, you take care of this need. <laughs> so how can you make sure that you're meeting that need? And then how can you have a conversation with your partner? How can you create a safe container where 
you can have a conversation, not from a place of you never meet this need and I'm so angry at you and, and you know, you suck, but from a place of, Hey, you know, I'm realizing that I've been holding this thing against you and I really don't want to do that. I want to feel close and, and good with each other. And I think, you know, I've been holding this resentment because I'm feeling this way and this way and this way. And, you know, I'm wondering if we can just have a conversation about that. 9.9 times out of 10. If you approach the conversation like that with your partner and you come in a very like non, you communicate in a non-violent, like loving way from your truth because you've taken the time to do your homework on yourself, your partner will come back with their truth. So I'll give you an example. This comes up a lot around sex, right? Because we're trying to negotiate. We're trying to get sex. We want sex, mm. but, we, but we don't know how to like just say like, hey, like, can we have sex? Whatever. And so, you know, there was like a period of time where in my relationship, we were not really having a lot of sex. And I started getting resentful about it, yeah. feeling angry about it. And then a part of me was blaming myself. And then I was like, you know, just throwing like so much, just like, it's funny, right? Cause like, I want closeness. I want the togetherness, but I'm throwing this energy at him. Like, like mm -hmm. I'm resentful of you. You're not giving me what I want. When we were able to have an open, honest conversation where I was like, Hey, like, you know, when we have sex, I feel so close to you and I'm just really missing that and whatever. He was able to be like, Hey, like, I've been really stressed and overwhelmed because, you know, I just lost a family member and I'm not feeling so comfortable in my body and I've been kind of down, you know, and I'm sorry, but I want to be close with you, but this is how I'm feeling. Then your heart's like, oh my God, I love <laughs> you so much. And like the resentment goes, Pfft. yeah. I think what it really comes down to is like, having the courage to do the work with yourself on yourself and then going to your partner so that you can actually respond and open to a conversation where healing can happen. If you go into the conversation communicating from blame and judgment and shaming the person and you know, beating them down, you're going to just dig the hole farther. You're going to build the resentment even more. Definitely. And I can see like for women who are perhaps in a relationship where the guy is not communicating at all, or like there is a breakdown in, in any of these areas that we discussed, you can, you know, there's a pattern where we will instantly blame the guy for not no, he doesn't, he doesn't communicate. He doesn't tell me, he doesn't tell me things like maybe you're not telling yourself things. Ladies, you're yeah. not doing it either. Trust me. Yeah. I played that card. I definitely play that card for a while. And then what I started to realize is like, yeah, I, w I was doing that all the time. He won't tell me what he needs. He won't tell me what he needs. And then eventually I was like, okay, hold on a second. Like I'm not really telling him what I need. 
And what I realized was like almost as soon as I stepped into that and started to tell him what I needed, that like gave him permission to also ask me, you know, if I could ask for space, then he could ask for space. And also what it made me realize, which is kind of funny because you spend so much of your adult life, like trying to get love in relationships. And when you finally get better at asking for what you need, you realize like, oh my God, my partner wants to meet my needs. My partner genuinely wants to, and I'm not saying this is going to be the case for everyone, but I would say you'd probably be surprised that if you communicate from a place of like, hey, I love you so much. I just need like an hour of time to myself before we hang out because I'm feeling really overwhelmed, but I'm so looking forward to hanging out. Your partner's going to be like, great. Yes, love. Take your time. Hmm. You know? And that's when you actually start to feel free in relationship. And that's when you actually start to feel like you're getting somewhere and you feel full and you feel met and that you can actually create something together. You can't create from a place of resentment and blame. doesn't work. Mm. You're not a, you're not a unified force of energy. You know, if we go into the energy when two people come together and there's like a mutual respect and a love and we're not codependent, but we're not like coexisting. We're like here we're two separate beings. We're taking self-responsibility for our children. And then we can dance and flow together. That creates this like beautiful, you've seen all the images I'm sure of like just two humans with their energy and you can just create so much from that place of love. Big time, big time. Yeah. And um, it makes the relationship, you know, you get to, grow together individually and together and it becomes you become like teammates in a sense in terms of the your evolution you evolve together you know yeah. and when you don't when we don't learn this this level of awareness we stagnate our growth yeah. stops our evolution stops so yeah it's it's a wonderful opportunity and there's um, a fundamental yeah. belief i just want to say this jordan before we wrap yeah. there's a fundamental belief that will change everything in your relationship And it's this, I believe that my relationship, that its greater purpose is the healing of my childhood wounds and my partner's childhood wounds. Wow. If you believe that your relationship has a deeper, more powerful intention behind it, And that intention is to heal your childhood wounds. Same for your partner. That's when, that's when some really big, powerful stuff can happen. Fuck. There's the, there's the highlighter. Highlight that. The intent, the, someone can take this straight away, straight action, actionable item from this podcast. This conversation is like the minute you have that intent, everything shifts. Everything shifts. Yeah. Because instead of, instead of seeing your partner as this like evil human who doesn't want to meet your needs, you're like, and I always say this and I've always said this, my partner is my greatest teacher. 
And there are moments where I am going through my shit and I am like, I hate this guy. (laughs) And then I'm like, I zoom out and I'm like, wow, wow. The amount I've learned about myself through this man. Greatest teacher because he's been like my dad, because he's been like my mom. He's brought it all up to the surface so that I could move through it and heal through it. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's honestly, that's such a great thing to end on. It's a great perspective to end on and a, a great belief system to adopt. Beliefs are really running the show of our lives. And when we adopt that belief, relationships take on a whole different journey. So uh, Jen, I can't can't thank you enough for coming on here and having this conversation. I know there's some, man, there's some nuggets of wisdom in here that I'm really excited to share with some people in my life who are important to me and whoever else discovers this because this is it. Like sometimes the biggest problems for people are relationships, biggest challenges. and, And these conversations can start to shed some light on how we can start to use them as tools for coming together and learning more about ourselves. So Thank you so much. And, and where can people connect with more with you? Where can they learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, you can look me up on Instagram. I'm on there chatting away. I do all sorts of cool breathwork things and healing things. So I can drop you my handle and then you can pass it on. It's J-L Mansell, M-A-N-S-E-L-L. Perfect. Yep. You do yeah. some awesome breath work every Friday, which I highly suggest people check out. Mate, thanks so much. And I'm sure we'll do another one of these these conversations again soon. Great. So good. Thanks, Jen. Hey, there we have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And yeah, look, if you made it this far, cool. Here's my voice again in your ear. And I'm going to make one more request for you is go ahead and subscribe and leave a comment on the podcast page because I'm really putting a lot of focus and attention on getting this podcast out to more people because I know what I'm putting in here can serve and bring value to people and it would mean a lot if you got value from this to to leave some feedback and and subscribe so you stay up to date with what's coming up. Um, And as always, follow me on Instagram. I love hearing from you. It's at State Shifters. Until the next episode, guys, thank you so much and I appreciate you.